I had a very baseball-filled weekend. Or did you now? I went to three games in a row. Wait, like as a spectator or a player? Good question. As a spectator. Okay. Yes, it was um, How do you our do bye that? week for my baseball league. Okay. They so, don't have triple headers, do they? No. I, as in, like, I went to three games over three consecutive days. Uh... Glad we could get that sorted out. <laughs> yeah, I feel real dumb. I, that, yeah. No, my thought was so a lot. I was like, huh? But now that I think about it, like, the huh was so justified that it was unjustified because I clearly wasn't thinking right. And I should have caught that. No, we went to uh, a Friday night game at 7 o'clock, and then a Saturday afternoon game at 4, and then a Sunday afternoon game at 1. Dang. Yep. Should have just camped out outside the ballpark. Could have. We didn't, but we could have. But, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to, like, see a full series, because I rarely do that, you know? Typically, I Mm -hmm. just kind of see a game, and it's, uh, like, a vacuum. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was fun to kind of have a, a through line of of players coming and going and and all that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. it was good. Mm-hmm. So and I'm just kind of feeling I don't know. I feel I feel good. This the start of this week was kind of meh, just for like work, and also mm-hmm. it's really nice outside, mm. and it hadn't been for a while. Like it had been on and off nice, but it's just like back to regularly scheduled california weather and i'm finding myself having a hard time focusing at times during the day like the moment i step outside for a walk i'm just like i'd like to stay out here (laughs) for a little bit longer (laughs) yeah i i can definitely empathize with wanting to stay outside Mm -hmm. i would it's the hardest part about going to work in the morning is it's like oh do i really want to go inside yep it's nice now because most of the rooms I work in have windows of some sort, which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Not working in a dark matter lab anymore or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the not, equivalent not having, is. <laughs> yeah. Not having to work in like the basement hidden away from all human beings. Yeah. But. Yep. I get that. That, that was honestly one of the harder things when I was in San Diego the other week was when in like the mid afternoon. Uh, sales folks would be sitting in one of the very nice meeting rooms where the entire wall is a window looking out over the the hillsides in beautiful afternoon weather and just kind of being like well this stinks Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's beautiful but also it stinks (laughs) yeah so yeah yep 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 yeah hmm? go for it no you go ahead i was gonna i was gonna offer up a new hot cooking tip for you, Grant. Since we, you know, on and off swapped little little tidbits. Right? Yeah, hit me with it. I may have talked about those before, but Aaron and I have really been hitting it hard the last two weeks. Is what we call HelloFresh style chicken, which is you take your chicken, typically a chicken mm-hmm. breast, right? You kind of get it a little thin, but you don't really have to. You know, just the cooking time, and then you just spread something on the top side of it Mm -hmm. it could be a mayo based thing or a sour cream based thing or there's so so many kinds of sauces that you can put as a base 
and then you make some sort of crust. So you could use like pink, uh, you know, we've had like panko, it's typically like panko with something else. So like some kind of seasoning and then like maybe some chopped pecans or walnuts or some Parmesan cheese or something like that. Mm. And you just like take that and you just throw it on top of the chicken with whatever spread you put on top to make it stick. And that's it. And you throw it in the oven for like 20 minutes. Mm. And it, and it's like, it gets you the effect that you want of like vaguely fried chicken. I think HelloFresh always calls them unfried chicken. So it's like maybe like 75 to 80% of what you want of just like a breaded style chicken, you know, Mm -hmm. which Aaron and I are always in the mood for, but then you can change up the flavors to match kind of any vibe that you're working with. And it's 20% of the effort because like breading chicken sucks, but just like mounding crap on on top of a chicken breast is really easy. (laughs) You just throw it on the tray, put a little sauce on it and just throw crap on top. I'm great at that kind of cooking. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. You just like, and then we, today we added in like, you know, you cook some green beans alongside of it and like some potatoes or you have rice on the side or couscous or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and it just makes it like a set, like a, you do five to 10 minutes of prep and then it all cooks for 20 minutes with no interference and then you're done mm-hmm. and it's been great. Yeah. It sounds very akin to, but like way better than, and better thought out than my oh, crap, I don't have any uh, protein to put on my salad, and I only have 25 minutes until the bus comes chicken bake style, mm-hmm. which is just like, yo, whip some chicken out, pour some salad dressing on it that's different than whatever I want to have with my salad, <laughs> throw that crap in the oven until it's cooked, Yep. whip it out of the oven quickly with like two forks, like and just like shred it while it's hot, and then just throw it on top of my lunch. Well, that's a step above what I would sometimes do in college, which is take a whole chicken breast, maybe put salt and pepper on it, and just throw it in the oven, and then just eat that with a fork and knife. Oh, gosh. Uh, I didn't shred it. I would just, like, eat it. Yeah. Uh, But yes, what we are doing is a step above yours, for sure. (laughs) What is it that? Like, the only real step is the putting, like, some sort of breading on it. Well, I know. That's why it's a step above. It's another step. Oh. Okay. You literally said the same thing. I think you were saying thing. step above, like a step above what I was saying that it was above. No. Okay. Just above your salad chicken. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like your situation, that is when something like, like us, like we have an air fryer, that's like perfect for that. Because oh. then you don't need to wait for anything to preheat really. Yeah, that's the worst thing. So when I when it happens to me, normally what it ends up being is like I wake up and I'm about to get in the shower and I'm like, oh crap. Let me go preheat the oven. (laughs) Let me go preheat the oven while I shower. Yep. And then by the time I'm done with my shower and I, like, brush my teeth, the oven's probably starting to beep saying it's preheated. And so I'll just smack it in there. Yeah, and for us, for the dinner part, like, we could do it in the air fryer. It is messier in the air fryer. Um, It's messier to, like, get the chicken in there versus Mm -hmm. when you can just prep it on the cookie sheet and throw it in. Then it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But we we could do it in the air fryer if we were really in a rush, and it, we've I think we've done it before, and it's not a big deal. But it's nicer when you if you have the extra twenty minutes or whatever <laughs> to do it in the oven. Yeah. It's a little simpler. Uh, How quick yeah. can it do it in an air fryer? Well, 
the cook time wouldn't be a whole lot different. It's just that you basically don't have to let it preheat. Like technically they tell yeah. you to let the quote unquote, let it preheat for like three minutes, which you could do. And you're still saving yourself 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you just, yeah, slightly reduce the temperature and let it rock and roll. And the timing mm-hmm. would be pretty similar. Hmm. So what is it? I'm now I'm thinking of, I gotta look this up. Is there like, Shake and bake chicken or something. Oh, that is, that is a, a thing? thing. That is a thing. But I think that's what for is the seasoning. What is shake and bake? Shake and bake products from myfoodfamily.com. Shake and bake seasoned panko. Seasoned crust. Oh. I think it is just like a. It's just like flavored pre-done, panko. Yeah, it, they're all pre done chicken coatings. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Is what it appears to be. Any okay? What it's you need? Craft Heinz lemon herb t- panko tilapia is the ingredient on the back of this shake and bake. Ooh, I need to eat more fish. I, I go back and forth on this. I I oh. like the idea of getting fish, but it's kind of expensive. It's yeah okay. Aaron I don't I need to eat more fish because I don't live in an ideal part of the country for it. I did have this true. conversation this week. That is definitely true. <laughs> I had a conversation with somebody who was from, uh, no, he's not from Thailand. He's from a South Asian country with a not lot from of ocean Kansas. <laughs> he's definitely not from Kansas. And he was saying like, yeah, Kansas it's really anymore. weird. Like people eating fish here. Cause he's like, where does it come from? From the supply chain, obviously. He's so used to just like, well, yeah, when Going I'm at home, like, we obviously eat fish all the time because, like, there are fish everywhere. Yeah. But no, that makes sense. We, I mean, I don't even know, like, if we buy fish, how likely it is to even come from somewhere close by. Like, that's just kind of the funny thing with logistics. Here, you could, you can find a place with fresh fish. That doesn't mean that, like, mm-hmm. when you get, so, like, when I go to Safeway, I'm expecting that it's a locally sourced fish. Oh, yeah, you know, probably not. It's probably Atlantic salmon or whatever. Mm-hmm. realistically speaking um but no i feel like whenever i want fish i want like nice fish but then i have no real experience cooking fish every mm-hmm. time i've tried i've been pretty underwhelmed by the result like i've yet to just really figure out a good way to do it and and a lot of the time aaron is not in the mood either uh, like i really like to cook salmon aaron's just had it in her oh. head for a while that she doesn't want it uh, I, oh. I don't remember if she had, like, a bad experience recently-ish or what it is, but it just never sounds good to her. Yeah. Um, I feel like it like, can also be hard to find reasonably priced. Yeah, the, it is. It's the Midwest, it's, at least. Well, even here, it's like I I could get salmon or I could get, like, a steak. <laughs> it's probably not that different, and I know how to cook steak. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll never forget. There was one week. It was when I was living in the outskirts of the chicagoland area and like the grocery store closest to me had like gosh what was it it was like i was there grocery shopping and was on the phone with my dad while i was doing it and i was like hey dad like what's a good price for salmon and he said some price and i was like so so this like one dollar lower than what you said is probably pretty good right and he was like yeah and i was like oh gosh like i feel like i should get some but like i don't have anything like i already got plans and then, like, I didn't end up buying any. I was kicking myself. And then I went back the next 
week. It was way more expensive. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but then like two weeks later, I went back and it was like it was like 30 or 40% cheaper than when we had talked about it being already better than what he said was a good Whoa. price. And I was like, this is like kind of sketching me out. But like, no, it was just like, it was beautiful salmon. I don't know how they had so much at mm-hmm. that price. Like, it Fell didn't off the smell back of a truck. Sketchy or fishy at all. Like, it was wonderful. And I, it like, the only issue was that they were not selling small portions of it. Oh, it was like, sure. you were buying salmon for a family of eight. Mm-hmm. But so I got some and I brought it home. I just like cooked it up and I had salmon for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a number of days. And it was, it was so good. Mm-hmm. I, it was what introduced me to, I think like, I knew I liked like, okay, there are some like decent savory American breakfasty things, but that's when I figured out that like, I love savory breakfasts that are like not breakfasty. They're so good. Like I was having some cooked salmon and like rice and egg and like avocado for a couple days that week. And it was so good. Nice. And I gained a decent amount of weight. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, this this reminds me of when Brandon and I went to Kansas City for spring break in college expressly to eat barbecue. And... Every day, basically, we mm. went somewhere for brunch because he slept in until, like, you know, 1030-ish. So we would go somewhere for brunch, and then we'd go out and do something for the rest of the day, and then we'd go somewhere for barbecue for dinner. And mm-hmm. we did that for, like, four or five days. <laughs> but every so for good. whatever reason, in Kansas City, every single brunch place that we went to had an option to add smoked salmon on the side. Mm. And Brandon would do that every single breakfast. He was like, hey, well, why not? Like, it's here. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so Ooh, I gotta uh I gotta take a trip up to the North Shore this summer. Mm. I gotta I gotta stop by Russ Kendall's fish shack. I'm aware of this. It's a place so that my good. mom enjoys. So good. I'll have lunch for the next week then too, because I'm gonna get way go. too much salmon for me. <laughs> 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 That's the thing about like living I just I still haven't adjusted to it. <laughs> like, there's certain things that I just love that I will get, and it's like, that was a dumb decision. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't eat all of this. Yep. Like, I'll buy just, like, a freaking pineapple, and it's like, oh, I'm going to be in pain <laughs> in the next three days because, like, my mouth is just going to be, like, eaten by the pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I was pretty okay with that in San Diego, surprisingly, but I think I didn't, like... A lot of the stuff that I bought was not fresh. Like that, that's basically what it came down to. If I was buying something yeah. fresh, I could limit the quantity pretty well. You know, it's like I'll buy a bell pepper <laughs> or something mm-hmm. like that, and everything else was frozen. Like I bought lots of like frozen shrimp and stuff like that, or yeah. shelf stable items. And now, Aaron and I, I think sometimes now that there's two of us, we've swung in the opposite direction and sometimes overbuy. Or you know, oftentimes I will, and and we'll end up with like far too many onions, for example. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and some of that is not anticipating like going out to eat with friends or something like that. Like we'll make a plan, and then all of a sudden it's oh we're going out for like a happy hour, and that ends up being dinner. Uh, yeah, and then that thing we had planned for dinner all of a sudden is dinner for tomorrow, and so on and so forth. 
Yeah. Uh, you want to mail me a couple of those onions? I was <laughs> thinking I had onions and I went to cut one tonight <laughs> and I didn't have, I only had a red onion. And I wanted like a white mm-hmm. or yellow onion. So I was like, well, I guess I'm only going to have one type of onion in my dinner tonight. Yeah. Well, if I had like one to share, chump. I would, but we, we currently don't okay. actually have any onion, I don't think. Oh, damn. Might have one, damn, but we haven't been using the them recently. Boat. Shoot. Yeah. Well, if I come into some onions, uh, I'll make sure to think of you. <laughs> That's all I can ask way. for. <laughs> I'll think of you. Beautiful. I'll think about how you would probably want some of these too, and then do nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll consciously choose not you'll, to do it. You'll just about as it. you as you uh, as you chop the onion mixed in with your tears will be tears for me. <laughs> yeah, sure, we can go with that. <laughs> like I cry. He thinks I have functioning tear ducts. Jokes on him. I'm not anywhere near that healthy. Speaking of, I don't know. I can't. I don't got it. Let's go somewhere. I don't know. Uh, you want to know something, Mark? <laughs> What's that, Grant? <laughs> I'm an idiot. One other truth facts by Wolf and Morgenthaler. Did you think it was my turn to transition, Grant? Wait, was it not my turn to transition? No, it is. I'm asking you, you were so bad oh. at this transition when it seemed like a pretty easy transition, given the comic name, that I'm surprised that it was this difficult. Yeah, so I forgot that, um... This was the name of your comic because I had my comic open oh. <laughs> and I was looking for like a Kelvin and Hobbesy thing. And then like halfway through very clearly with my voice, like tone indicating that we were transitioning, noticed, oh crap, I got to switch tabs because okay. this is my comic unless Mark chose the same comic as me. Uh, and so then I was like halfway in I was like, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm excited for like episode 1200 when we do pick the same comic somehow. Oh, it's going to be fascinating. Now I'm going to be real thrown off. I'm going to be like, Mark, like, why are you, why are you jumping the gun? Like, why are you reading your own comic? Because I won't remember that I picked the same comic. Well, I probably wouldn't either, to be honest. Anyway, so in this wonderful comic, uh... We got we got four rolls of toilet or four stages of a roll of toilet paper's life cycle. All of hmm. these four stages are, I will say, near the end of its life cycle. Um, they're each labeled with a single term. First roll, essentially empty roll, but there's still like there's white paper still on the cardboard roll like covering the entire circumference of the roll and there's at least one entire sheet one one and a third entire sheets hanging off restraint next we have a very similar situation except we're starting to see some brown on that toilet paper roll not like like you can see the brown roll not like someone put poop on the roll just to be clear but there's still like kind of an entire sheet hanging off this one's precision the third one, at the very top of the roll, you you can see the roll, like, we're down to almost nothing, and that last sheet partially hanging on the roll is, like, torn in half, like, like someone tearing up a bad check. Uh, this one's labeled creativity. The final uh, stage, 
panic. Straight brown roll. There ain't no paper on here. It's panic. So, Mark, you run out of toilet paper recently and have to use your sock or I don't know. So, I have, over the last two years, this is not really what I wanted to talk about, but I'll just briefly answer your question. Over the last two years, living with someone else, I have learned to buy so much toilet paper ahead of time. I buy, you know, you can get like, you know, toilet paper often comes in like, let's say like packs of like eight rolls, right? Let's say you can, you can imagine, you can imagine eight roll pack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two layers of four or maybe even like a 12 roll pack, two layers of six. I honestly don't remember what I get. I buy those, but I buy packs of three of those. So they come in a big box and then I hide Mm -hmm. them in places. So then by the time we're down to (laughs) one of those packs, not hide them, but as in like, there's always one full pack. Like there is an active pack by the toilet, like out by the toilet. And then the others are like under a kitchen cabinet or bathroom cabinet or wherever we can fit them. Right. Okay. Um, And when I'm down to one of those packs, I order more. Yeah. So we have not properly run out of like, actually run out of toilet paper sometimes there's uh, a lack of communication or or um action on either of our parts and a toilet roll goes empty without it being replaced or that pack might go empty and no one goes and gets a new one right away but Mm -hmm. there's always toilet paper to be had i would say yeah um but i'm uninterested in talking about that i i want to interrupt you for just a quick second Go i'm glad it. you like cleared up this confusion because as you were beginning to describe this it started to sound more and more like aaron was just some like evil cat that is just like unraveling an entire roll of toilet paper into the toilet just constantly that you were having to like hide the toilet paper <laughs> and like by strategically knowing that some was just going to end up just like completely unrolled. Well, it's not that I I've been very diplomatic in my, um, <laughs> uh, description here. I think, I think Aaron knows that I, that it's one of the things you don't, you don't, I, I, even though I grew up with two sisters, you don't really think about it at that point, you don't but put when your it's just the blast. two of us, but when it's just the two of us and I know how much toilet paper I use, and then I notice <laughs> the roll disappears faster. You know, it's just something, it's something I've come to accept. I think for the first six <laughs> months, I was like, so thrown off. I'm gonna get Mark in trouble. <laughs> and now, and now I accept it. Aaron knows this. It's okay. Um, now, now we're all good. I, I accept it. I just replace the toilet paper. I, I even buy nice toilet paper. Unlike my parents who buy terrible toilet paper and always have bought terrible toilet paper. Um, mm-hmm. so yes. That's one of my good. luxuries in life is like. I agree. I my butt deserves nice toilet paper. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not quite at bidet level or something like that, but I do live in an apartment. I don't think that would work. Oh, I, at least we've been explicitly told not to install bidets, which makes me think that people have. Actually, I do know someone tried to think. Maybe I told you this that that some of our friends live in another part of the apartment, like in a separate. All the buildings are kind of vaguely attached, but you know, yeah. we're in the north side. They were on the east side. Yes. And uh, someone on, like, the 10th, 8th or ninth or 10th floor of the building tried to install a bidet, apparently, and did not succeed. And so one of our friend's apartments ended up with lots of uh, water that needed to be dried from the aftermath (laughs) because it seeped down. I don't know. I don't know anything about the plumbing situation. 
<laughs> like, I get that. I feel like that rule should be like, don't install a bidet if like you are not a handy human being. Well, it also could be that however the toilets are set up, they are not set up to like properly deal with a bidet or maybe they bought a style of bidet that was not conducive to the plumbing situation. It could be either, you know. Maybe. The Maybe only they tried to install a hot water from... bidet and, like, <laughs> you need to do something where you have to shut the water off and they didn't realize it. Maybe. Because the only thing that stopped me from getting a bidet is the fact that it would be too hard to get electricity to my toilet and I don't want a cold water bidet. Yeah, that's fair. Because it's just, like, yeah, it gets the job done and, like, yes, it is still better, but it's just, like, so much less elegant. Or it's, it's so much less elegant than it could be. Mm-hmm. I'm also just not trying to, like, wake up early and spray cold water on my butt. That's fair. <laughs> like, that's why I don't, like, start an ice-cold shower and enter, like, butt first. Like, if the shower's ice cold, I'm, like, jumping in in the back and going to be, like, stand up on my tiptoes so as little water gets on me as possible until it warms up. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. I'm with you. Anyway, back to the comic. I look at this comic, and what I see, Grant, is a metaphor. Where the, where the labels are the stage of your working mind and the toilet paper represents the amount of time left before a deadline. Does this make sense to you? Like, I understand what you're saying. I just don't get the implications of said metaphor. I don't think there's an implication. I just want to, I wanted to ask you, like, over your time as a student and then a professional and then a student professional of sorts, let's call it. Uh, a professional student, student? <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> um when it comes to dealing with the deadlines like how do you approach that like how do you want to approach it how do you practically approach it like what what is the trend in terms of like how you're able to get your work done mm-hmm. do you believe in the supremacy of last minute panic you know do you ever are you good at getting things done ahead of time like where, where do you land I wouldn't call it supremacy of last minute panic, but <laughs> the I, inevitability of it, maybe. <laughs> and I don't like to say panic. Uh-huh. I like I am someone who like I'm motivated by deadlines, mm-hmm. very effectively. I think, um, and so like having a deadline is very helpful to me. And a deadline means that it is done by the deadline. It does not mean that it is done a week before the deadline. Mm-hmm. Like, and so part of, I think just like personally for me, the way my brain works and like that, like deadlines are motivating also means that like, I am going to be less efficient if I'm trying to force myself too far from my natural state of being effectively motivated by deadlines. Hmm. So like, it's certainly, there is certain, certainly some value in like starting something early. Mm-hmm. But, like, starting something early and forcing myself to try to, like, work so diligently on it that it's, like, due or that it's completed, like, way, way, way before a deadline is just really inefficient for me because it just, like, it doesn't fit with, like, how my brain works. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the best, the best poor way that I can describe it. Like, sure. it's way more efficient for me to accomplish other things in that much earlier time while still doing some of the work to like set myself up so that there isn't a, like every stage of last minute panic. It's always a stage of like motivated, efficient success. Hmm. That's beautiful. Is kind of something that 
it's taken me a long time to both recognize it, learn how to do it like successfully and effectively. I think the biggest thing was just like accepting that it's accepting and convincing myself that it's what was best. Cause there was a long time of my life where it's like, no, I like, I have to get this done earlier. Like I'm, I'm flawed. Cause like, I can't just like do this because someone told me it's important to do it at this time. And like, it'd be way better for me to do my other assignments at that time. And then when I'm able to work on this much more effectively, work on it effectively. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, uh, are, are external deadlines the key here or can they be internal deadlines? Um, external deadlines are very helpful. Internal ones work sometimes. That's one of the things I'm continuing to work on with myself is internal deadlines. Often internal deadlines will be missed by, depending on like how far out the deadline is, like anywhere from a couple hours to like a day. Hmm. Um, or things will be like unsatisfactory in my mind by an internal deadline. Whereas in comparison to like what it would be if that same internal deadline had been external. Sure. What I've found is really effective is internally generated external deadlines. So like Sam, Sam writing something like a paper of some sort, and it's not due for a week or it's not due Mm -hmm. for two weeks, but I want to have like a first draft done by a week. Sure. It's two weeks out talking to a friend and saying, Hey, would you be willing to like, just like skim over a first draft that I'm going to have done by one week before the deadline? Mm. Oh yeah, sure. I'd be glad to do that. Okay. Uh, and can you make sure to like, give me crap if I don't get it to you by like this time on this day, one week before the deadline? Sure. So like that suddenly is an external deadline that I created myself. Okay. That's very smart. I like that a lot. And motivates me like an external deadline would. Mm-hmm. I do like that, and that's something that I definitely feel like for certain things that I do, I lack, or I, mm-hmm. I lack the, I don't know if it's, you know, not, not wanting to bother people, because, you know, it's not like, uh, all the things that I think about, like, yeah, there's people at work where I could do that with, but typically the deadlines are clear enough, or, uh, like, it, it's never really been a problem at, like, work work. You know, because mm-hmm. it's just like a bunch of stuff to do and whatever. Uh, like mm-hmm. the nature of that work is different. But a lot of the stuff I do outside of my regular working hours would definitely be improved by that for things that don't already come with like a schedule that has been set. You know, like for like editing Comical Start, I need to get to get it done before every Thursday. Like that's just kind of the schedule we've set. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an agreed upon schedule that is entirely unimportant. <clears throat> and versus like oh hack it doesn't really matter when we record or when i edit it i i tend to set a, a in my mind like a i would like to edit this episode by a week after we've recorded it mm-hmm. and i'm fairly successful with that but sometimes it, it doesn't get done and i and i accept that because it's it's fine but you know there's a, there's just a lot of things where i've relied more on establishing a historical schedule that I really want to hold myself to. Mm-hmm. And that is enough of like, it, it is an internal external deadline, but it, of a different sort. You know, yeah. it's not a one-off. It's a, it's a momentum of history kind of uh, <laughs> deadline. 
Mm-hmm. But that is a very that is a very good um, idea. I should think about using that more often for certain things I want to get done. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like that. I'm glad you look like at it. You, look yep. at you being a productivity guy. Yeah, I I feel like a big thing for me as I've like grown up is like learning. I feel like fairly early on in my educational career, I learned like how I learned well and how I like could accomplish things well. But like the real accom or the real like step forward was like learning that that was okay. That if it wasn't what people told me how I should be accomplishing things, that was okay. It's just how it is. And then like learning how to leverage that towards my advantage of like, if I find something interesting, I can focus like crazy on it compared to something that I'm kind of uninterested in and I'm doing just because someone says it's important. And so there was a lot of time where I'd be like, okay, no, no, I can't get like stuck in these weeds. I can't get bogged down with this. I have other things to do, but eventually recognizing that like, no, this is still something I have to do. And like, I can accomplish it way better, way more effectively and way more efficiently and like quickly. If I just like do it now while it's on my mind, Mm -hmm. like, and then maybe this other thing will be a little bit later or it's not going to be like whatever it would have been. But even if I had chosen not to like delve into this thing that I was interested in and accomplish all of that, I would have been so distracted from doing the thing that I was trying to do, thinking about the thing that I was avoiding, do, that I was like stopping myself from doing. They're like, it, it wouldn't have helped. Like I just got to lean into it. Yep. And sometimes, and most of the time it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but most of the time it works. <laughs> Speaking of things that work, Grant brought Calvin and Hobbes by Bill Watterson. Yeah! We have Calvin and Hobbes speeding down some terrain uh, in a wagon. Cal- Calvin is, is doing the steering, for better or for worse. And he, and he is uh, saying, I thrive on change. And Hobbes says, incredulously, You? And he looks kind of like taken aback as we zoom into his face. And he says, you threw a fit this morning because your mom put less jelly on your toast than yesterday. And Calvin, in a poor driving decision, turns his head completely around to look back at Hobbs. They're speeding between trees. And Calvin says, I thrive on making other people change. Pretty solid. What a guy. What a dude, my dude. Yeah. So, I think I do well with change sometimes. Hmm. But I was recently made aware that I there's something I need to change in my life. Oh. That's of, I think, I didn't think it was of critical importance until very recently. Getting the juicy goss right yep. here. I need to make more... Uh, salmon. I do need to make more. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna find a, <laughs> some salmon. I do need some salmon because I've been like craving it for weeks. To be honest, <laughs> that's part of why it came up today. <laughs> I had it on the mind this afternoon a little bit. Uh, while I was reading some documents, <laughs> to be totally honest, because there was a misspelled word that like looked like salmon, even though it definitely wasn't salmon. Mm. Um, a little talking salmon had popped up, and gosh, you now you now you got me distracted. Think about, and now I'm hungry again. Thanks a lot, Mark. We're recording a half hour earlier. That gives you time for a snack afterward. I think. Perfect. <laughs> oh, and I'm acting like a cat because cats love salmon. Perfect. 
Um, anyway, no, what, what needs to change in my life is I need to have more easily accessible battery operated forms of lighting. And I need to rearrange my whole candle situation because that was a nightmare. I was, I I, wasn't going to make fun of you in a moment, partially because we weren't recording, so it didn't matter. Um, Oh, it was bad. (laughs) It was bad. <laughs> but like when you when the first thing you said was I need to go light some candles, I was like, "What are you talking <laughs> about?" Who are, I mean, it's not surprising, I guess, but like it certainly is impractical. Well, I wanted to light some candles cuz I was like, "Oh, this is like this will be fun." And then I noticed I like got over to where I have my candles and then noticed I don't have enough like like uh like sense memory to know like how to reach these without light <laughs> and so i like use the flashlight on my phone but i had like five percent battery left of course and so i was like i can't just like rely on this and so i grabbed the candles down quickly and i was like no we i don't have my lighter like 45 here. minutes with your phone on five percent what we continue talking on the phone well yeah I, after this uh comedy of errors i eventually found a charger what the i mean the power was still out for like a, a charger bit, with like it? an external battery sorry oh okay um understood yeah but so then i had to like try to quickly because then i shot my battery or my camera the thing on my phone that makes light go light a flashlight there we go thank you i shut that off because i was like i can't like afford to waste this because i i knew there was gonna be a process in order to because, like, I knew where that battery was, but it was, like, in a junk drawer. Yeah. And I knew it was charged or should be have some charge. I, like, I was pretty sure I was fine. Worst case scenario, I started charging off my computer or something. Uh-huh. But, like, all of these options required to me required me to find multiple things that I, like, had to look for. Yep. But first step was finding my lighter. <laughs> <laughs> so when the power went out, I was at my desk. I went all the way to my kitchen, which is all the way across my apartment. Uh-huh. Got my candles out. And once I did on my lighter, I knew it was at my desk somewhere. So between those two walks, I ended up, I think I did a really good job. I don't know if you could tell how many things I ran into and stubbed <laughs> my toe on. But it was multiple items. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm amazed I have all my toenails still. Sure. I'm amazed I haven't lost one in the meantime. <laughs> uh, but I eventually got my lighter. And then I noticed that lighter was freaking like essentially out of juice. And so I had to uh-huh. go like find another lighter. Which was hidden in, like, my backpacking stuff. <laughs> At that point, just turn on your jet boil. <laughs> For re- I... Uh, no joke, I, I did consider going out to my garage and just getting that. <laughs> or getting, like, the fuel for that. Yep. Uh, but while I was getting that lighter, I was like, hey, I have a flashlight in here, so I'm just going to grab this one out. But, like, I could... I eventually, like, got the candles lit and stuff, and I had this, like, one flashlight, but it's not my, like, favorite flashlight because it's not the best one. And I legitimately, like, could not find my flashlights, like, the good ones that I was looking for, until uh-huh. this morning <laughs> when I was brushing my teeth. I, like, opened my drawer. I have no idea why I had my, like, favorite flashlights all in the, a drawer in my bathroom. I know this was a strategic decision I made at some point, uh-huh. and I am crap at strategy. Well, I so this is, the, this is the thing that I've learned, Grant. Where was the first place you looked for those flashlights? In my junk drawer. And did you have you relocated them there yet? Because <laughs> that's what you should do. Yeah, it put is them what in I the first do. place that you looked for them. I shouldn't do that. 
<laughs> I'll do that right after we stop talking here. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do. I uh I I recently did a a test of our of our flashlight situation. Not that like in our apartment it's doesn't matter. Like we live in a city. Even at night, there's plenty of light to navigate everything by. <laughs> so it's it's a complete non-issue except for the bathroom. Um, but I do have this, like, it's just a small disc, like a, maybe three inches in diameter, four inches, something like that. And it just can just sit flat, and it's got really bright LEDs, and all you need to do is, like, hit the center of it, and it turns on. Um... Oh my god. Hmm. I just noticed I had the perfect light for the entire ordeal sitting literally <laughs> magnetically attached to the filing cabinet right behind my desk. That would have been just like the perfect solution to all my problems. Uh-huh. I forgot I even had this and that I never use it because the light is like super harsh and just like harshly LED bright, but that's exactly what I needed in the moment. Exactly. It was just like a sea of light. Great. Thanks a lot, Mark. <laughs> that sounded sarcastic, but was partially genuine. 